Welcome to Current Radio's Science Station. Please enjoy today's selection of science news. Charlotte, the world of nuclear fusion has been buzzing with excitement lately. In December 2022, the U.S. National Ignition Facility, or NIF, announced a significant achievement. They produced a fusion reaction that released more energy than it consumed. This is known as ignition, and it's a big deal. Absolutely, Diego. This isn't just a one-time fluke. They've managed to replicate this feat multiple times, which is a testament to their hard work and dedication. President Biden's administration is even looking to build on this success by establishing new research centers. Right, and it's worth noting that the NEF wasn't designed as a power plant, but to study the reactions that occur during thermonuclear detonations. However, this breakthrough has fueled enthusiasm about fusion as a limitless source of clean energy. Even U.S. Secretary of State John Kerry called for new international partnerships to advance fusion energy at the recent COP28 climate summit. Yes, and the U.S. Department of Energy, which oversees the NIF, followed up by announcing the new research hubs. They will be led by the Lawrence Livermore National Laboratory, the University of Rochester, and Colorado State University. It's a significant leap forward, and according to Saskia Mordick, a physicist at William & Mary, this success has had a real impact on the fusion community and public perception. That's true. The NEF works by firing 192 laser beams at a frozen pellet of hydrogen isotopes. The resulting implosion causes the isotopes to fuse, creating helium and a lot of energy. On December 5, 2022, those fusion reactions generated more energy than the laser beams delivered to the target for the first time. And they've managed to replicate this ignition several times since then, right? Despite minor defects in the diamond capsule or tiny variations in the laser pulses that can still allow energy to escape, researchers now better understand the variables at play and how to manipulate them. Yes, but let's not forget that there's still a long way to go before we can harness fusion energy for the power grid. The knife's laser system is incredibly inefficient with more than 99% of the energy lost before it can reach the target. That's why the Department of Energy's new research program aims to develop more efficient laser systems. That's a good point. This new investment is the first coordinated effort to develop not just the technologies, but also the workforce for a future laser fusion industry. Carmen Minoni, who is heading up the hub at Colorado State University, believes that the timing for a dedicated laser fusion program is right especially with the NIF's recent success. And it's not just about developing the technology. It's about taking it to a level where we can build a power plant. Back at the NIF, the latest series of experiments features a 7% boost in laser energy, which should theoretically lead to even larger yields. Absolutely, and they're not stopping there. They're planning to focus on changes to the laser pulse that could produce a more symmetrical implosion. It's an exciting time for nuclear fusion, isn't it, Diego? Indeed, it is, Charlotte. We'll be keeping a close eye on the progress in this field. The potential for fusion energy is enormous, and these breakthroughs bring us one step closer to realizing that potential. While we continue to marvel at the strides being made in nuclear fusion, it's important to remember that our planet is in dire need of these advancements. The clock is ticking, and as we transition from the realm of limitless clean energy possibilities, let's delve into another critical aspect of our world's well-being. 
the climate. The year 2023 has been a scorching one, setting records for all the wrong reasons. But as we'll see, there's still hope, and it may come from the most unexpected places. Charlotte, it's been a record-breaking year, and not in a good way. 2023 has been the hottest year on record, with climate-induced disasters wreaking havoc globally. Indeed, Diego. But it's not all doom and gloom. In the face of these challenges, new research has highlighted the power of nature in combating climate change. Right? We're seeing some fascinating research come to light. For instance, did you know that vast fungal networks underground are our new allies in the climate fight? They absorb a massive amount of carbon, equivalent to more than a third of the world's annual fossil fuel emissions. It's astounding, isn't it? And there's more. Heidi Hawkins, the lead author of the study, believes these fungi could play a crucial role in curbing climate change. But it's not just about fungi, Diego. We're also learning more about the importance of forests in the fight against climate change. Yes, using data from space lasers, scientists have created the first ever 3D map of the world's forests. This data helps us understand which areas store the most carbon and hence can help mitigate climate change. But Charlotte, Despite these discoveries and efforts, we're still falling short of our climate goals, aren't we? Unfortunately, yes. The world's first official climate change report card shows that drastic improvements are needed to stave off the most dangerous impacts of global warming. It's a call to action for reducing emissions across all sectors and shifting global investment towards low emissions, climate-resilient development. And speaking of action, let's talk about deforestation. A new study led by Conservation International has shed light on what's causing deforestation, which is a major cause of greenhouse gases. Interestingly, it's not always what we think. That's right, Diego. And it's not just about identifying the problem, but also finding solutions. This study can guide policies and investment towards actions that support goals to fight climate change. And companies are stepping up, too. A report from Ecosystem Marketplace shows that companies buying carbon credits are doing more to tackle their climate footprints than those that don't. It seems that investing in the carbon market can lead to year-on-year -year reductions in carbon emissions. Absolutely, Diego. And let's not forget about the small Pacific island nation of Vanuatu. Despite facing existential threats from climate change, they've scored a major victory for climate justice with a landmark UN resolution. It's a reminder that every voice matters in this fight. That's a powerful note to end on, Charlotte. It's clear that the fight against climate change is multifaceted. From fungi and forests to corporate responsibility and climate justice, every bit counts. As we delve deeper into the implications of climate change, we're now going to focus on a new study that reveals a concerning projection. This research suggests that our world could face a significant loss in ecosystem services by the end of this century. Let's unpack this alarming forecast and its potential impact on our economies and everyday lives. We're discussing a rather concerning topic today, Charlotte. A recent study suggests that by 2100, the world could see a 9% loss of ecosystem services due to climate change. That's alarming, Diego. This study was led by scientists at the University of California, Davis, and Scripps Institution of Oceanography at UC San Diego, right? Yes, exactly. The concept of natural capital is central to their research. It represents the current and future benefits that the world's natural resources bring to people, and these include breathable air, clean water, 
healthy forests, and biodiversity. So, in essence, they're trying to quantify the value of our ecosystems and the impact of losing them. It's a daunting task, isn't it? Absolutely. As lead author Bernardo Bastian Olvera pointed out, the big question is what we lose when we lose an ecosystem. And the flip side of that question is what we stand to gain if we can limit climate change and avoid some of its impacts on natural systems. And it seems that the consequences of these losses are not equally distributed. The study found that climate change-induced changes to vegetation, rainfall patterns, and higher CO2 result in an average 1.3% reduction in GDP across all the countries analyzed. But the poorest 50% of countries and regions are expected to bear 90% of the GDP damages. That's a staggering figure, Charlotte. This is largely because lower-income countries tend to rely more on natural resources for their economic production. Their wealth is predominantly in the form of natural capital. The study took into account global vegetation models, climate models, and World Bank estimates of natural capital values. However, it only considered land-based systems, primarily forests and grasslands. It didn't account for disturbances like wildfires or insect-driven tree mortality. So the actual impact could be even worse. The findings highlight the importance of creating climate policies that account for the particular values each country derives from its natural systems. It's crucial to recognize and account for these overlooked damages when we consider the cost of a changing climate. Indeed, and as Francis C. Moore, an associate professor in the UC Davis Department of Environmental Science and Policy, and a senior author of the study stated, our economy and well-being depend on these systems. It's high time we started factoring in these damages in our climate change discussions. Couldn't agree more, Charlotte. It's a wake-up call for all of us to understand the real cost of climate change and the disproportionate impact it has on different populations. We need to act fast and decisively. From the sobering effects of climate change on our ecosystems, let's now turn our attention to the brighter side of our evolving world. We're living in an age of unprecedented technological advancements, from AI to space exploration and biomedical innovations. Let's delve into these exciting developments that are reshaping our reality. Charlotte, we're living in an era of rapid technological advancements, aren't we? AI, space exploration, biomedical innovations, it's like we're in a constant state of evolution. Absolutely, Diego. I mean, just look at the rise of AI. OpenAI's GPT-5, Google's Gemini, DeepMind's AlphaFold. These are not just buzzwords, but technologies that are shaping our world. And it's not just about creating smarter chatbots or predicting protein structures. It's about the potential these technologies hold. For instance, AlphaFold's ability to model interactions between proteins and other molecules could revolutionize drug design and discovery. Right, but with these advancements also come questions about regulation. The UN High-Level Advisory Body on AI is expected to present guidelines on international regulation of AI in the coming years. Moving to the cosmos, the Vera C. Rubin Observatory and the Simons Observatory are set to begin operations. These facilities will give us unprecedented views of the universe, from transient phenomena to primordial gravitational waves. And let's not forget the World Mosquito Program's initiative to fight diseases like dengue and Zika by producing bacteria-infected mosquitoes. It's an innovative approach to a long-standing problem. And speaking of health, as we move beyond the COVID-19 pandemic, the focus is shifting to next-generation vaccines. 
we're talking about intranasal vaccines and mRNA vaccines that could provide long-lasting immunity against a broad range of SARS-CoV-2 variants. In addition, the World Health Organization is due to unveil a draft of its pandemic treaty. This could help governments worldwide better prevent and manage future pandemics. Now, let's talk about moon missions. NASA's Artemis II could launch as soon as next November, marking the first crewed lunar mission since the 1970s. And China is also preparing to launch its Chang'e 6 lunar sample return mission. Not to mention the missions to explore moons in the outer solar system. NASA's Clippercraft will set off for Jupiter's moon Europa, and Japan's MMX mission will visit Mars's moons Phobos and Deimos. And on the topic of space, the search for dark matter continues. The Baby AXO experiment at the German electron synchrotron is using a solar telescope to track the sun for 12 hours per day in hopes of detecting dark matter particles known as axions. Meanwhile, scientists are also hoping to nail down the mass of the neutrino, one of the most elusive particles in the standard model of particle physics. The Karlsruhe tritium neutrino experiment could provide a definite measurement by 2024. And there's the ongoing debate about consciousness. A large project testing theories of consciousness is set to release the results of its second experiment by the end of 2024. This could bring us closer to understanding the mysteries of the subjective experience. On the environmental front, the International Court of Justice could rule on nations' legal obligations to combat climate change. Meanwhile, negotiations for the UN Plastics Treaty continue, although there's concern that progress is too slow. Finally, let's talk supercomputers. Europe's first exascale supercomputer, Jupiter, will be switched on next year. It will be used for a variety of purposes, including creating digital twin models of the human heart and brain and running high-resolution simulations of Earth's climate. And in the U.S., two exascale machines, Aurora and El Capitan, will be installed in 2024. These machines will be used for tasks ranging from mapping the brain's neural circuits to simulating the effects of nuclear weapon explosions. 